0: Welcome to NucleCast, the official podcast of the NLOD Deterrent Center. Our host is Dr. Adam Loudman, co-founder and vice president for research at the National Institute for Deterrent Studies. The NLOD Deterrent Center is a 501c3 organization, ensuring a broader understanding of the nation's strategic nuclear
1: deterrent and its ongoing modernization. Thank you for listening and welcome to the show. The views of the host and the guests are their own.
0: Welcome back to NucleCast. Of course, we have a great episode for you today. I am your host, Adam Lowther, as always. And today, our guest is Tomas Diaz de la Rubia. He is the Vice President for Research and Partnership at the University of Oklahoma. Welcome to NucleCast.
1: Thank you, Adam. Pleasure to be here.
0: Now, before we get into our discussion, you know, as a uh, as an Alabama graduate, we're anxiously awaiting Texas and Oklahoma to come into the Southeastern Conference so they can understand what competitive football is like. Although Alabama did, you know, we're we're in a down year uh, this year. Yeah. yeah so yeah. <laughs> if we, you know, Makes any year where we lose a game hard. is a down year. Yes. But yes, so. so, my my one off-topic question, I guess, is. Uh, how is Oklahoma? Uh, are they doing anything special or significant to prepare for this move to the SEC?
1: Absolutely, we're five on zero, <laughs> and we're going to be Texas this weekend. So, so that's getting us ready. Um, no, we're excited. We're excited about uh, the move to the SEC. Uh, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal, um, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to um, you know beating everybody.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll we'll <laughs> certainly. Uh, it was a tough move for uh, Texas A&M when they came, but uh, we'll see how it turns out. <laughs>
1: yeah. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah. So
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> roll tide. <laughs> so now on to our real topic for today. And so you are the person at the university because you you have an extensive background. You know, you spent. 25 years at Lawrence Livermore, running programs there, and we're at Deloitte. And so you then you went to Purdue, and now you're at Oklahoma. So you experienced in sort of running these efforts with the labs, the universities, doing work for the government. And Oklahoma has the Aerospace and Defense Institute, and you're doing some work for government. Can you, can you help explain what it is? Now, it's not a UARC. And so one of the things, uh, a university-affiliated research center that has a sponsor in the government, that's what UARCs are. So Georgia Tech Research Institute, my former uh, place of, of employment, the National Strategic Research Institute, which was tied to University of Nebraska. And there's 15 UARCs, but y'all don't have a UARC, but you're still doing a lot of work for the government. So can yeah. you tell us about what you're doing and then how does that work a little different from UARC's?
1: Yeah, no, I, I can. I can tell you a little bit about, uh, so the Oklahoma Aerospace and Defense Innovation Institute, OADI, uh, was stood up here at the university about two years ago now, uh, after I came. Um, and really the uh, the impetus for that uh, was the fact that, uh, you know, just about 15 20 minutes away from the Norman campus of the University of Oklahoma is Tinker Air Force Base. As you know, Tinker Air Force Base is home to the Air Force Sustainment Center. Um, and um, about 45 minutes away is Fort Sill, which is home to uh, two of the Army Future Command uh, um, uh, teams there on uh, uh, fires and missiles and uh, long-range precision fires and, and uh, missile defense. And so there is a tremendous military presence in Oklahoma. Uh, aerospace and defense are uh, it's the fastest growing sector of the economy in the state. Uh, it's only second in employment and revenue and, uh, to uh, uh, the energy industry in Oklahoma. And so we decided at the university that it was very important for us as a public uh, uh, flagship institution in the state of Oklahoma to focus on aerospace and defense, okay? So we launched the uh, Oklahoma Aerospace and Defense Innovation Institute with um, essentially uh, two major goals. Uh, one was to partner with Air Force Sustainment Center, and the Oklahoma uh, City Air Logistics Complex within Tinker Air Force Base on advanced materials, manufacturing issues, uh, supply chain logistics, uh, software engineering related to sustainment of our Air Force uh, capability, right? As you know, you know, we have uh, you know, B-52s have been around for 70 years. We have to maintain them. We have to sustain them. They have to keep flying. That all happens at Tinker. And so there are tremendous technical and scientific challenges, uh, not unlike a stockpile stewardship in some ways. You know, as, as, as systems age, you know, how do you, how do you uh, uh, sustain, sustain them and maintain them in operating condition uh, so that they're ready to go at any time? So that's a big area of focus for us. Uh, It has been growing, uh, that partnership has been growing uh, very fast. Um, And then the second area of focus for us, which builds on a strength of the University of Oklahoma, is advanced radar systems. Uh, You know, the University of Oklahoma has uh, historically and continues today to be sort of the nation's premier institution when it comes to. advanced weather prediction systems, particularly extreme and severe weather. We're home to the National Weather Center, um, and, um, you know, we have very large programs related with the National Sonographic and Atmospheric Administration with NASA related to uh, extreme severe weather and climate change. As part of those programs over the last 20 years, we built, you know, what certainly is the premier academic uh, center in the country when it comes to advanced radar. It turns out, you can easily imagine, that the advanced digital uh, dual polarimetric phase array radar expertise that we have at the university has very interesting military applications as well. And so we have been working um, with um, uh, services, services, to build very large programs on the development of future next generation uh, digital face array radar for uh, Department of Defense applications. And so it is not a UARC in the sense of, uh, of being affiliated or having a baseline funding from any specific service uh, as you know, GTRI or um, John Hopkins APL or others would have, uh, but it is a center that has specific focus on, on these two critical areas, particularly with the Air Force and the Navy, um, although expanding into the Army now, and that uh, has some very large um, contractual obligations and uh, programs with uh, uh, various elements of the Department of Defense. Yeah. So, and so so, so how, how do
0: you, So how do you, you know, operationally, how do you guys work in terms of, how you interact with the government how you you know contract in in you know for for a UARC, you know you have a, that special relationship and that special relationship makes it much easier yeah. because you're a trusted partner so how does that work for you guys
1: um it actually uh works pretty seamlessly i mean the institute is organized to um uh, develop and build those contractual relationships uh, with our various Customers uh, in the Air Force and uh, around the services. And so uh, we now have a contract vehicle um, uh, that allows us to uh, execute the work uh, that we're doing on uh, especially advanced radar uh, systems. Uh, we have now a facility security clearance at the university. So we're starting to do, uh, uh, that was just uh, awarded. Uh, we're starting to do clear work. Uh, we're building a SCIF. Uh, and so so we're very committed uh, to that mission right We are uh, again as a public uh, flagship university, we feel strongly that it is in our mission to help uh, support the needs of our department of defense and so that's why we're committed to this and you know we have a trusted relationship with our sponsors and and that's how we are we're operating
0: so for many universities sponsored research is really kind of an important part of, of yes. what what they do can you maybe talk about that and what is that role and why is it important
1: yeah um, you know sponsor you know for for uh, uh, let's see sponsored research is a critical component of any top tier public or public uh, pr- public or private university it is part of the mission of a university. The, the mission, as I describe it, of the university is both to transmit and create new knowledge. Yeah. Um, you know, frankly, that's what differentiates, um, you know, the American higher education system uh, from many others around the world is is that ability to do research, discover new things across all fields of research of science of engineering of the humanities of the social sciences and, and and communicate disseminate that new knowledge right to the students and to the public and so sponsored research which is how we fuel the research enterprise at the university is critical to the success and the education of our students both undergraduate and graduate students and preparing the next generation of uh, leaders and citizens around the world
0: So one of the challenges I've had is I've worked on, you know, as a professor and a school director, and when when you're trying to develop specific programs, specific research that have an operational focus, that are not sort of basic science, and you have a customer that has very specific needs, like the Air Force, you know, when they're talking about aircraft and specific radars for those purposes and many faculty don't re- they most often don't have you know a background you know in the air force or in the army or how do you help those faculty prepare those faculty to to understand that specific mission and then to be more effective in Whatever ways that they support and develop the capabilities required. Yeah,
1: no, look, I mean, it, it's you're right. I mean, it's uh, I, I think of it as a coalition of the willing. Okay, uh, not not everybody has an interest in uh, uh, doing, um, you know, sort of more directed uh, research, innovation work, uh, you know, that 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 is sort of milestone driven and deliverable driven. Uh, uh, but a lot of faculty do. Um, and in fact, you know, one of the things that that we do, uh, we hire junior faculty specifically around these topics uh, that I was talking about. Um, you know, we hire um, uh, U.S. citizens who often have a background, uh, having worked at a national laboratory, uh, having worked at a, a DoD lab, at the FRL, or somewhere else, right? So, so we do uh, bring people into the faculty that already come, you know, with uh, an alignment and a passion for sort of defense problem sets, right? We're enthusiastic about that. And then others join in as they see the opportunities. And uh, certainly not everybody wants to do uh, secure work, uh, export control work or classified work. Uh, but so we have to balance that. Um, and, and again, you know, it's, it's a coalition of the willing. really. Uh, plenty of faculty in a place like Oklahoma do. Uh, that was yeah. to a Purdue University as well. Right?
0: Yeah. So as you look forward, where would you like to go with, with your programs and your efforts in the years ahead? So if, if I'm sure you do plenty of strategic planning. I'm sure you're quite good yes. at it. So as you strategically plan, w- what are you looking to accomplish?
1: Well, so, you know, from the perspective of the Aerospace and Defense Innovation Institute, it's clear for us. Uh, you know, we want to be in a position where, you know, we're a premier institute, institution for the Department of Defense when it comes to innovation around uh, these areas that I mentioned before of, you know, sustainment mission um, and, um, you know, advanced systems, uh, sensing systems across the entire spectrum, uh, you know, sort of radar based on all kinds of applications. Uh, across the spectrum of applications for the Department of Defense, right? And and we see those two pillars as our, you know, strategically where we can really bring something to the table that is unique, right? Um, particularly when it comes to advanced uh, radar systems uh, from an academic perspective where we can train students that come out with security clearances, ready to go surf, go work uh, in, in the DoD or in the defense industrial base, and preparing that next cohort of uh, leaders uh, that the nation needs to support its, uh, its uh, defense needs.
0: Do you see, you know, because for, for a, you know, a flagship university of any state, much of their mission is workforce development. They want to train their graduates to go out, get high-quality jobs, you know, so that they can pay taxes and help the, the state grow. Are you finding that you're being successful in translating these, these relevant skills that come along with working with the government into jobs that stay in Oklahoma, or are you seeing, and this is one of the challenges we had at, at Nebraska is that Nebraska was a state losing population. And so I'd be curious to know.
1: No, that's a great question. Uh, That's a great question. Um, Look, I mean, we are seeing that uh, shift uh, in real time right now. Uh, more and more of our graduates, particularly engineering graduates, are staying in the state of Oklahoma. In fact, the state of Oklahoma right now has one of the highest fluxes of incoming population uh, in the country. Uh, Oklahoma City and uh, you know the entire economic development enterprise around Oklahoma City is growing tremendously. Um, you know, it's a very attractive uh, place uh, in terms of cost of living and quality of life and, and, and so on and so forth. And with the growth of the aerospace and defense industry, particularly around Oklahoma City, um, it, Tinker Air Force Base alone can absorb every engineering graduate that we produce today um, every year. And so there's a tremendous need in the state of Oklahoma for engineers. Um, and so we're finding that as we get our security clearance, as we start training students uh, in these critical missions right um, that that uh, the demand signal for jobs is is tremendous. I mean we can they can find employment and they stay uh, more and more so uh, more so than than just a few years ago here in the state of Oklahoma so it's exciting i mean it 's exciting to be the, to see the growth Uh, happening in in this area, Uh, companies moving in and and so on.
0: Well, let me take a quick break and we'll be right back and we'll continue our conversation. This episode of NucleCast is brought to you by the Anwar Deterrent Center, whose mission is to educate Americans about the nuclear enterprise and strategic deterrence. back and we're talking to Tomas Diaz de la Rubia and we're talking about the University of Oklahoma's effort to partner with the Air Force, partner with the Navy and the Army to develop capabilities that are relevant to the facilities like Tinker Air Force Base that are in the state of Oklahoma. And it's it's kind of, do you see what you're doing potentially as a model for other institutions around the country because you know the University of Texas they're they're tied to the navy they do a lot of sonar work Georgia Tech research institute they're they you know they're the army's cyber because right. you know army cyber's in Georgia and so these partnerships and these UARCs they're sort of looking in their sort of close region and saying you know who's here and what do they need and it seems like that's what you guys are doing And with, you know, my, the, the sort of the concern or the question I have is having a, an official UARC, which the DOD has said, we're not going to add any additional UARCs. And so therefore that creates a contractual uh, relationship that makes it a lot easier to do work. But from what I've understood from you, you're saying, hey, it's, you know, it's really not that hard after all. We're not really having any trouble by virtue of not having that UARC.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, I uh, uh, when I first came here from Purdue uh, four years ago, uh, there was a lot of talk about U R X, And, and I, I told everyone what you just said. I said, look, there's not a lot of appetite in the Department of Defense and in OSD for uh, uh, more uarts There's been a couple since, I mean, so so it still happens, but but I I, I don't feel that that's necessarily the the construct uh, um, that that is required to do the kind of work that we're doing. So you're right. I mean, we are very tightly uh, coupled with Tinker Air Force Base, because they're right here. Uh, we're tightly coupled with 4SEAL and the Army Futures Command, uh, building that relationship. Um, around those missions, particularly with Tinker, right, about the Air Force Sustainment Mission. But we're also, the other thing that we're doing, and I think this is where uh, ultimately we may have, I think, the, the, the biggest impact. So we're taking our strengths, right, and we're saying, what are we really uniquely good at? What are, where, where is it that this university can really different, differentiate itself uh, from from others around the country or around the world, that we can offer something that is relevant, critical to the mission, and that's in advanced radar. And so that um, is actually, uh, when you have that sort of relevant capability and the willingness and the ability to do the relevant work, right, uh, that the services need, um, it's not that hard to then get the contractual vehicles and uh, the security clearances, uh, to go do it, right? So it's, it's, you know, you have to be relevant to the mission. And, and if you are, um, it's a little bit like being at a national lab. You know, if you're working on the mission, right, you're going to be okay. If you're focused on the strategic nuclear deterrent at Livermore and you're working on the stockpile or on NIF, you're going to be okay, right? If you are, you know, trying to bring a rock, um, you know, that nobody wants, then it's going to be hard. Right, so we're trying to, rather than bringing a rock to the Department of Defense, we're saying, "Hey, here's here, you know, you you're asking us, right? You're looking at our capability. You know we're really good at this. You want to work with us? We'll work with you." So it's a different yeah. way of thinking about it, right? It's it's driving from the mission need, as opposed to the technology push.
0: Right. So I have a question for you. So one of the challenges in trying to do new things at a university is there's always, there's usually a cost to doing something new, to developing a new program, to, yeah. you yeah. know, building a new school, to hiring new faculty with, that are, you know, ex-lab guys. Yeah. So, it, because it's always, well, if you'll give us the money to do it, you know, then we'll gladly do it. But if you want us to step out initially, that's that's sort of the hard part. So how have you guys, did, was, was there such demand that there was no investment? Or were you able to get the university to, to, to make that investment? How did that sort of process
1: work yeah. for you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you mentioned um, uh, a little bit ago, you mentioned a strategy, right? Um, when I came uh, to University of Oklahoma back at the end of 2019, uh, uh, with the president uh, the new president new, new president at the time, uh, Joe Harris, uh, we set uh, on creating a new strategic plan for the university uh, that was was needed uh, it, it, was, it really was needed it 's called the lead on University strategic plan uh, It lays out uh, the North Star for the University of Oklahoma right? It lays out where we 're going, what our ambitions are and what are the key strategic verticals, areas of focus, right, where where, we're going to grow and uh, have an impact, Um, you know, from a research perspective. It lays out everything, but from a research perspective, uh, it lays out four strategic verticals where we're going to invest and we're going to grow to uh, have impact on society that um, train our students uh, for that. And one of those four strategic verticals is aerospace and defense. So we made a conscious decision, right, that we were going to invest in creating a new institute. Uh, We're going to uh, uh, hire new faculty uh, uh, aimed at that institute, created a strategy around aerospace and defense. Uh, We uh, were incredibly fortunate to uh, be able to hire uh, uh, retired Lieutenant General uh, Gene Kirkland, who was the commander of Air Force Sustainment at Tinker. And so he came and helped us uh, lead in that direction Uh, You know, we then brought in other people, uh, retired from the Air Force, and others in the space of uh, advanced uh, radar, test and evaluation, and and things of that nature. And so we've been building, making a very conscious investment um, in in building the capacity internally at the university to then go and work with the sponsors and say, yes, we're investing, right? Now let's bring in, you know, the multi-hundred million dollar programs that are going to fuel the enterprise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so
0: Yeah, that's always one of the big challenges. It's, you know, for me as somebody who's stood up new schools and new programs, it's always, you know, it's the biggest challenge is making that initial step and that initial investment.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, as, as you know very well from all that, when you when you do a strategic planning like that, uh, uh, the most important things is what you're not going to do. Right. So the decision is, is, you know, once you decide, you know, if, what you want to do, the hard part is what is it that you're not going to not going to do? And so so the choices. Right. And we made some very conscious choices when it came to aerospace and defense. And, and that's what has fueled the growth in the last few years.
0: And so out of curiosity, the things you decided not to do, were yeah. were those all the right decisions?
1: I, I hope so. <laughs> 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 I hope so. Time will tell. Um, yeah,
0: time will always tell.
1: But, you know, and the, the other thing, you know, frankly, um, uh, when, when you do uh, planning like this at a, at a university, at a state university, uh, you have to make sure that both your uh, state legislature, the governor of the state, as well as your congressional delegation are aligned, right? Um, you know, that they, they see what you're doing as value added to the state. Uh, to the point before about graduating students that stay in the state. And so that was a big part of our, our analysis of our strategic planning and decision-making was lots of conversations with uh, you know, state leadership, uh, with the governor's office, with our delegation. And, and one thing I'll tell you that uh, you know, here in, in the state of Oklahoma, the support for the university building Aerospace and Defense Institute was universal, and uh, in fact, uh, not just uh, not just the support in terms of um, yeah go do it, but the financial support yeah. uh, that we we're able to get from the state and from through our congressional delegation, uh, you know, has been you know spectacular. So yeah. I'm very grateful uh, for that because right? and, and so you have to align, you have to align all the elements. You know, you have to align the the customer. Right. Make sure you're aligned to their mission. You have to align your your state legislature, the governor's office, the congressional delegation, and uh, and of course the leadership at the university. Then, then all these things come together. You can actually do something interesting.
0: So we're at that time in the show where I like to bring out my magic lamp, and of course my magic lamp has a Bob named a genie named Bob, and if I rub my magic lamp. Bob pops out and Bob grants all guests three wishes related to the topic we've been discussing. <laughs> so it is your turn to make three wishes that Bob will grant for you.
1: Um, that's, that's terrific. Well, I mean, look, uh the top, um, you know, at the very top, right. For me, if I look at this, you know, uh, five, 10 years from now, um, I'd like to see that the University of Oklahoma has established itself on a sustainable way as a major training ground and innovation center for uh, defense missions right? uh, for national security. Um, you know, it, and and whether that's a UARC or not, it really doesn't matter that much. It's it's you know, is there a, a, a mission-relevant set of activities and customers that fuel the enterprise at the University of Oklahoma as one of the largest uh, centers of defense innovation in the country, right? And we're training students, we're graduating students, that are going right into the workforce, serving our national security from the day they graduate. Uh, so that's, that's my top wish and desire, right? Along along with that, of course, you know, you, you want to... Um, you, know, you want to be able to attract really top faculty to come here, you want to build partnerships, you know, with laboratories, build partnerships with other UARCs, build partnerships with other universities, right, so that you truly are, you know, a, a leader, a national leader in, in the space. So, so, I think those are, I don't know if that's three, but, uh, but that really is what, uh, what drives me, right, what drives what we're trying to do is, is to get to that, to that point.
0: Yeah. I mean, technically that's two, but I was going to say that your third cannot be dominance of the Southeast Conference uh, in the years ahead. That's out of question. (laughs) That goes
1: without saying. I mean, that's just,
0: so So if, if, if you were to give a bit of advice, let's suppose hypothetically that the, the listing audience today were all university presidents who were saying, you know what, we've got military bases in our state. We'd like to support and we'd like to get involved. And, you know, it's good for workforce development. It brings in research funding. It, it does all those good things. Uh, we want to do that. And you were to say, here's my, you know, my wisdom and warning to, to you. What would be those things that you would, you know, sort of cautionary tales or points of wisdom
1: i mean i think I think it's going back to uh, what I said a little bit ago i mean I think number one first and foremost, align with the mission okay uh you have you have to um you know ensure that you have the leadership uh and the faculty on the campus that are willing to do this uh, that are willing to align with the mission um if you do then you know yes, you can build the partnerships. Uh, with your local, you know, and, and, you know, the the reason why we started with Tinker is, it was obvious, right? It's right here. I mean, you know, wow, how can the University of Oklahoma not be working on, um, you know, mission sets, problem sets relevant to Tinker uh, Air Force sustainment? uh, You know, okay. But then you can expand from there again in, in areas that are relevant, where you have strength that is unique. Right. so identify those unique strengths in research in technology and engineering of the university, find the intersection between those and Department of Defense needs for the future and then and then go for that right. yeah. um, and then the final uh, point I think again is that it it's really important to especially for a public university to align all of that with you know, the governor's office with the state legislature and, uh, and with the congressional delegation because you need all those elements to come together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, ultimately, finally, uh, I mean, you know, for any university out there, you have to make a tough decision, which is you have to decide that it's okay to work, on, to do secure work because not every student, Not every faculty member can access that work.
0: Yeah,
1: have to be very clear that um, you know it's okay to be selective, or you know, um, um, not allow um, you know foreign nationals or you know others to enter into that work. And and that's a decision that only the president and a board of regents or trustees can make.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, some universities, as you know very well, do not. Um, they do not do uh, export control. They do not do classified work. Uh, in fact, many forbid it in their um, bylaws. Right? The entire system of the University of California uh, does not allow for export control or classified work on their campuses. Yeah, and they have reasons for that, and that's okay. Uh, so so you have to make that decision right, and uh, yeah. be very conscious about it. Um, so so that, that would be my, my that, you know, my advice.
0: Well, thanks. This was uh, informative. And, you know, we covered ground that we, this is a topic we don't normally talk about. And so it, it's interesting to see how, you know, one university in Oklahoma is out there trying to contribute in a way that we don't normally think about. Well, I mean, we think about you know, Northrop building a, a weapon system, or we think of, you know, we talk a, a lot about what the labs are doing and what the big contractors, but a university looking to its local environment and saying, here, here's how I think we can contribute. Uh, and of course, you know, for those of us that listen, you know, the NucleCast uh, family, we of course care about the B-52 and re-winging it and re-engineering it and all of the systems upgrades that have yes. taken place that have, you know, a lot of that's been done at, at Tinker.
1: Yes, that's right. So That's exactly right.
0: Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of Nucleocast. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and um, love interacting with ANWA and uh, all that you do in support of our nuclear deterrent and the advocacy that you bring. Uh, so it's been a pleasure to be on the podcast today. Thank you.
0: And thanks to you, the listeners, and we'll see you next time on Nuclecast. Well, an interesting conversation. You know, part of what I was really kind of interested in, having spent time at a university-affiliated research center, a UARC, is... How do universities that don't have UARCs, because UARCs have special contractual relationships with a sponsor. So for NSRI, that was with, with StratCom. And that allows you, you know, lots of, of freedom and you're a trusted partner. So you, you know, you, you can do more. But if, if you're not a UARC, how do you go about doing all of those, especially classified things that the Air Force or the Navy or the Army or the Marine Corps might want. And so sort of talking through that, that was a really interesting discussion for me. And then how do you grow? Because, you know, this is a significant investment for a university to, to say, Hey, we want to do this. And so how do you go about building that funding? And, and, you know, part of what he made clear was that, hey, you've got to have the university president, the board of regents, the, con- the congressional delegation, the governor, you got to have everybody on board. And so that was, you know, that was pretty interesting to just see. And of course, for the University of Oklahoma, they were able to do that. And so, you know, they're seeing some success out of what they've decided to move out on. So it was an interesting conversation. Hopefully you'll, you'll find it interesting as well.
1: This has been a production of the Enloe Deterrent Center, a 501c3 that seeks to educate key decision makers, stakeholders, and the public to ensure a broader understanding of the nation's strategic nuclear deterrent. Our executive producer is Kimberly Jandleton, and this episode has been engineered and mixed by David Crumpton. Help us grow our followers by sharing it and follow the show on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter,